0: Welcome to Love Bus, or the Bus of Greatness as we're calling it today. I am getting to pick up one of my very close friends, Lewis Howes. Lewis has a top 25 podcast in the world called The School of Greatness, where he is impacting millions of people in a positive way all over the world. He's a super nice guy, he's been on the Ellen Show lately, and he actually used to play arena football. So buckle up, let's check it out. <laughs> I want to see the the shot of greatness from you. We do one shot of greatness to start this off. No, you're shooting it. I'll see if we can make it first. You go first. You go first. You put the pressure on me. <laughs> Good yeah, I'm not happy about that. There's a lot of factors at this point Stop. that are not to it. it's a wind. It's probably about a 30 degree wind. Oh yeah, dude, we're not we're not playing around. That's a Jennifer touch. She tries to make me a lot faster. Well. Here we are. Welcome to the bus of greatness today. Yes. Uh, we're taking it over. Can we uh, can we steal that? Can this sure, be the bus of sure. greatness yeah, now? yeah Louis House. Bu- is it a
1: bus or an RV?
0: Well, I like to say bus because uh. we we termed it my last name LeBeau, uh, LeBus. bus. Uh, it just flows better, but it's yeah. technically an RV slash yeah, motorhome. It's cool, though. You're a like detail it. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? It's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Could I you like roll it? around it's a in one of these? Conversation starter, you know. It's cool. yeah, especially when you're filling up gas and the your picture's <laughs> right above you and people are looking at and you're like oh, uh, i feel like such a like, <laughs> like like i want to keep a low profile but how can i sure like, i'm the one here with the bus like yeah it's yeah. just a little awkward it gets That's a little weird cool, sometimes you're taking
1: this yeah. on a tour around the country or what
0: yep yep so we went from actually funny story went from here to phoenix through the midwest did a bunch of schools uh spoken like in iowa we did like 20 schools in four or five days it was like And I brought two guys who also have no clue about RVs or running them. We went through these crazy storms. Wow. uh, Thunderstorm, tornado storm, there was some flooding at one point. And um, yeah, and we somehow made it all the way to the East Coast and did some schools in Virginia Beach, touched the ocean, and then brought it back. Didn't kill anybody, didn't kill ourselves. Definitely had a few close calls, but uh, learned a lot. Amazing, did you drive? Oh yeah, I was driving a bunch. A lot, wow. And uh, the two other guys, they, uh, they drove a little bit too, and they were terrified. Like When we first started, they were like, we're not driving. It was like, well, you're gonna have to. Yeah. So they started driving, and they got into it, and they were great, That's and it cool. was really fun. But um, yeah, man, it's been an adventure. It's That's been a cool, learning man. experience for sure. That's great. Congrats <laughs> on it all. It's very cool. Dude, so tell me about this morning. You said you were talking um, to a pretty interesting guy. What, what was that about? Yeah, Michael Gervais.
1: He's a, he's a high-performance psychologist who works with elite athletes, high performers, executives, Olympians. Training the mind. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, thirty years ago or more we realized that we could get bigger, faster and stronger in sports, so we hired strength and conditioning coaches. You yes, know. Yes. And then we got facilities to help people get stronger. Then we needed better doctors to help people recover from the injuries they were having because they were getting bigger, faster, stronger. So we needed people to be able to recover faster to get back on the field on the court. Yeah. And now it's all, and then it was nutritionists. Then we realized, oh, the things we're eating, maybe we shouldn't have alcohol every night like we used to 60 years ago after a football game, right? Now it's like.
0: Babe Ruth, wasn't he hitting home runs with cigars? Exactly. It might have been, uh, I said that the other day, I'm like, pretty sure he was smoking a cigar when he hit that home run. He might have been, who knows? Yeah. Athlete, true athlete. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And so he was mentioning, you know, then we had nutritionists because we realized that what we put in our bodies will help us perform better as well or recover faster, things like that. And he says, now we're on this wave of training the mind. So I think he mentioned something like six to eight years ago, you know, there are only a few sports psychologists that were being hired by teams full time. And now it's in the NFL. And now it's more like half the teams have sports psychologists or some type of mental performance mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even in the, sh- the show, I think on Showtime, Billions, Okay. You know, the, one of the main roles. I don't know if you've seen this show. I've been into Ballers. Like, ballers uh... is amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah, I've been into amazing. that one. We Watch are... Billions. It's okay. unbelievable. Okay, okay. But there's one of the main characters is, a, is essentially uh, like a high-performance coach, mental okay. coach, to help these stock traders take bigger risks and like have confidence Jeez. in such a high-stakes type of game yep, environment. Yep. So he was talking about, you know, training the mind and how, you know, this is the new wave of like we've covered everything else, the body, the... nutrition the strength and training the doctors now it's the mind Mm -hmm. and what we can do in our sports or as a speaker or whatever doing any type of high performance act when we have the mind conditioned and so it was cool to go over his whole philosophy about how to train the mind
0: yeah what was your biggest takeaway um from it
1: uh the key to overcoming uh you know fear and anxiety is Having first a clear vision, a clear philosophy is what he talked about. Have a philosophy of who you are and who you want to be in the world. And so most people aren't clear on who they are. And I think it's going to be a constant self-discovery journey for our whole life. Mm -hmm. Seeing who we are, why we're here. It's a a question we probably never fully answer. But he said once you get a core philosophy of who you are and your mission in life as a human being, Mm -hmm. then at least you have clarity yeah most people don't have clarity so they don't have a foundation to build yeah. on yeah not saying it's going to eliminate fear from your life and then after that it's going through all the practice reps and there's other imagery he talked about and really focusing on that but i think it starts with a philosophy of mm. who we are
0: yeah that's amazing how many people you think actually go through life and never find that or never realize that something they have probably a majority that's how i feel right majority like majority people i am um, i probably locked into that about three years ago with this speaking thing you yeah. know my, my whole Thing up to this point had been basketball, same as you, sports, right? Sports yeah. is my identity. This is who I am. This is the story I tell myself. You're the athlete, and then all of a sudden, f- for me, it ended after uh-huh. college, and it's like, I was, de- I was super depressed. Like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. like, what is the next move? And then I ended up out here and doing some of the street ball stuff and some of the entertainment stuff, and that led me to like this can open a door for me to be able to talk to kids to impact kids and when I found that like the why behind what I'm doing like my personal mission statement it made life so much easier in a lot of ways it's been difficult too because it's not an easy endeavor to to trace something that isn't traditional you know you're you're a whole thing the lifestyle entrepreneur it's like I'm trying to create a new lane that's never been done before and that's not gonna be easy but when you have that why behind you guiding you it makes all of your at least all of your decisions a lot easier because it's like okay, this is where I want to go with this. Is it helping, is it getting me in front of kids? Am I able, impacting people? Yes? Okay, then that's a yes. Right. Is it derailing me, it's a great opportunity but it's taking me and sidetracking me from that? It's a no. You know, and I remember, um, my mom I think was help editing my book. Um, and she, my mom, I don't, don't wanna put my mom's age out there but she's my mom, she's, she's older. And, um, and she, as she was going through stuff, she kind of had that moment of like, mm. I've had my whole life serving other people which isn't a bad thing. It's a, a, such an admirable thing. Um, but she was always putting her family first and her kids first and her husband first. And it was like, what is my mm-hmm. like? Like, what is my mission? And here she is, a grown adult who's had forty or fifty years of life. And and it was exciting for her to think like, hey, even if it's a shorter time, yeah, I can find that thing that I wake up excited about. Sure. And that was probably one of the most cool things. But that's why I was like, I feel like so many people don't know, and they're just kind of cruising yeah. and figuring it out, and that's yeah. okay. But it sure helps when I think uh,
1: it's just hard to achieve. Uh, and it, I mean, it's hard to be your authentic self if we don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to perform at a high level in life when we have a lot of doubt and insecurity and fear or anxiety because we don't know why we're doing it or who we're supposed to be. Yeah. So I think it's just getting clarity about you know who we are. And it took me many years to try to figure that out. And mm-hmm. I think it evolves and shifts. You know, in yeah. high school I just wanted to be a, an athlete. And yeah. And then as our identity changes, it shifts into something different. So just trying to get that core philosophy of who we are first, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it seems like you're clicked into an awesome, uh, a really awesome space right now, and yeah. it's very clear vision, and you have a great team around you. Um, when, when did that click? And was that more of a, like you said, high school was a different mm-hmm. kind of still figuring out life, really. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then later into your 20s, was it, was it more recent that you kind of found, like, hey, this podcast I'm doing yeah. is, can become a, a full-time thing that helps people? Um, I mean,
1: it's, it's still evolving
0: as yeah. you know,
1: maybe four or five years ago when I launched the show, I just realized I wanted to continue to learn myself. I realized I didn't know many, many things at all. Yeah. When I Hit 30. I was like, wow, I'm actually not that smart and things I thought I knew, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to learn more. I just wanted to get more answers from smart people. Yeah. So I started the process of just interviewing people.
0: Yeah. And so it's kind of, not, not selfishly, but yeah. like, hey, I'm going to do this thing, put it out, help other people, and then I can get a front row seat. That's it. I, yeah. I wanted the information for myself, but yeah. I was
1: already doing that without recording it and sharing it. And I said, okay, I could really use these same conversations and give back to the world as well because yeah. these people don't hear this information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to give people an opportunity to hear it. Yeah. And um, I think as we continue to learn and grow and achieve and you know for me personally it's just I have opportunities that continue to shift my what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis but also it's like staying in the same vision my vision is to really uh, first pursue my dreams because I don't I think if I'm not pursuing my dreams I'm gonna be wondering well what am I doing what's the purpose yeah so I'm always in pursuit of the things I'm excited about yeah and in the process I want to show people how they can achieve theirs as well. Yeah. Pursue theirs. Yeah. And whether or not I actually achieve my dreams is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I would like to make it happen so I can bring things full circle. I love those full circle moments, but it's more about having a, a craft to master on a daily basis and to practice and to see myself grow and get better and see that I'm making an impact on my life in that process and other people's lives. And I think if I can do that, then I feel like I'm on the right path.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe if you can stop being such a jerk, it'll work out. No, man, it's so fun to to hear it because it's like you're so humble about everything. Um, So I'm new in this game, in the the podcast game, Uh sit down with these people, and already in a short time, probably sat down with 15 to 20 people. Like I have sound bites that just stand out to me that have blown me away. And like you're saying, like I just wanted the information to learn. I'd been doing this and I could see that it could help other people. But like I, I sat down and it's things that we've heard before or like but some there's something about connecting mm. with a person and looking them in their eye and hearing their story and you're just like it puts everything that you're doing in perspective yeah um but there was one the other day and i, I haven't been able to get out of my head um john Dornbos plays for the eagles and does uh actually he's done the ellen thing as well in, in magic Oh uh, yeah and yeah this
1: guy's cool i like this guy he's
0: amazing yeah and um his story is incredible he's and
1: america's got talent too or something yes he's yeah. on
0: there right now actually he's been um him and the uh, wifey have been over there with Heidi. He's posting videos with Heidi. That's Queen. cool. Um, but he, he's like, he's had uh, a pretty, like one of the most horrific things that could happen to you. I mean, he, essentially, he walked home as a kid, 12 years old, I think, 10, 12 years old, and his um, father had just murdered his mother. Wow. So all of a sudden, his mom's gone. His dad's gone in jail. He walks in on the, like, the incident after it just happened, and he's... The foster kid. Wow. Like, life changed. But for him to overcome that and have such a good perspective on life and in his whole, the big takeaway from him was, you know, you got to work hard and treat people right. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then great things will happen to your life because people want to go to bat for you. Yeah. So as a person who's watched you for several years since we first met when we got out here and played ball a few times, um, it's been fun to see the reason why you will win and you will succeed Mm -hmm. is because what you're doing is helping other people so much, and your heart is in the right place, which right, is really right, fun right. to watch. Thanks, man. And these people want to go to bat for you sure, because sure. they b- they believe in it. Even um, uh, your uh, entertainment lawyer Todd, Todd yeah. like he's like, dude, I was just a fan and I listened to it, and someone told me about it, and now like I want to help him. You yeah. know, and I think it's that spirit of yeah. like we've talked about before of, of always looking to give and of always course. looking to help other people first is um, it, so beautiful. So you've done so many of these; what, it's like four hundred now.
1: Five-thirty. Five-thirty.
0: Five-thirty. Five-thirty, yeah. Dang, that's so crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Are there some that just have stood out to you from, like, little takeaways or maybe big stories um, that have been ones that have just – I mean, there's, it's hard to narrow it down when there's so many.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first time I, I had Tony Robbins on three times, and the first Amazing. time for me was kind of like a full-circle moment. So that's, that was memorable because of that. Um, but, I, I mean, just you ask him any question and – the Next five minutes is like always going to blow your mind. It doesn't really matter what he says in my mind, he's always got some type of wisdom to share. Was that the one on the plane? Uh, that the first one was not in the, okay, on, the okay. on the plane, okay. Okay, I saw the one on the plane, too. I was like, That was the this is second amazing. one was on the plane, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, guys, we great. need to get a plane, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need <laughs> step bus, our game up. The bus of greatness, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was great. I, I mean, I really enjoyed, I really like understanding. I like interviewing people who are at the top and kind of in the forefront of their sport or their craft, but I also like kind of hearing from people behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So for me, Scooter Braun was a really powerful one Mm. because he discovered Justin Bieber, built him up into the sensation that he is and works with the top artists in the world. So I like to learn from people like him, who now has got his own brand and his own audience as well, but he was really the guy behind the guys and gals for a while. Um, and The way his mind just works on like building a brand, building a personality, building a business around an idea is very powerful. Yeah. I really like Rob Deerdeck just because he 's from Ohio, and we <laughs> kind of have that connection and i 've yeah. always been a fan of his work and just his Huge fan yeah his personality and his ability to connect to people and have humor and everything he does, and the media brand that he 's built and you know he's just everything he touches is amazing, yeah. Um,
0: I love how he's yeah. branded, just like everything with that show. Like, yeah. I mean, it's entertaining. I, I spent a day, a Saturday, I'm like, and I literally just laid in bed watch and watched like all eight day, episodes. It's I watched eight or ten episodes. He entertains old. you, and and then he's just a master at integrating the the branding so of, the, of the the different lines and everything he works with in there. It's like he's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. So no, okay, no. So, uh, so those are great. I mean, yeah.
1: there's you know, there's I don't know, a lot of great individuals. I just had someone on. Her name is Dr. Shefali, and she does, she's got this uh, thing about conscious parenting. And I'm not a parent. Okay. I don't have kids, but it was one of the most fascinating interviews I've done, just how she mentions, you know, how we shouldn't have kids until we've really healed ourselves, how to, you know, forgiven our parents, forgiven ourselves. Like until we've worked on ourselves so much so that we don't repeat. The, the trauma that we face. Yeah, mess his. up them. Yeah, we're exactly. messed up,
0: with them we're going mess up them. Okay. Yeah, and
1: so, you know, I constantly try to learn about things just to how to be a better human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For me, it's it's all about how to be a better human being and how to live a better life in all areas in terms of career, finance, business, you know, relationships, which are the key to success in life, relationships, yeah. to health and wellness, uh, an emotional, mental fitness without our bodies and our health, we can't really perform at higher levels, to then adventure, fun, play, and ultimately spirituality, like connecting to why am I here? What's my purpose? What is this whole experience about? Yeah. So many different opinions, and I think it's our job to figure out what it means to us. Yeah, what works for us. What it means to us, find our own meaning, and um, so I'm really fascinated with all these kind of different buckets of life on how I can improve because just when I think I've figured out one area of my life, something else has got a challenge that I'm like, okay, I need to go work on this part of my life. Or when my business is thriving, maybe my health is off.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. when my
1: health is on point, my business is struggling. so it's like, how can I have kind of uh, optimize as many parts of my life as possible? Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: What's the, um, what's the biggest challenge for you right now? I don't, I'll go first. Uh, sleep like I have the hardest time because I don't know going to sleep uh, getting like in a good routine and sleep because I feel like I have so many things to do Mm -hmm. I have so many things that I'm working on need to get done like literally could just be going all the time that's like next day it's it it's keeping me up later than I should and then I'm not getting up early enough funny because getting a workout in the person yeah
1: the person I just interviewed Michael Gervais this high-performance psychologist was saying that the, the one of the main factors that Holds people back from achieving high results is they don't sleep enough. They don't recover. Not what I rec- wanted to hear. Not well, it's like, it's like they don't recover and sleep enough. He gave me yeah. a statistic. He said they've done studies where if they give, um, they've done tests with people where they've given them five hours of sleep for five days in a row. And after the fifth day of only five hours of sleep a night, five days in a row, normal conditions, everything else in their life. Yeah they weren't able to pass a drug alcohol test of like the walking coordination yeah. capabilities. Yeah. So you have to think about it. If you're not sleeping and he's like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. normal humans we need seven, eight hours of sleep. Some people are on the fringes, whatever, but you know, if when we're running at high performance, if we're not recovered, he talked about recovery as one of the main keys to high performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're just like this guy who's like I'll sleep when I'm dead type of you know, feeling, well then you're not gonna perform high. Yeah unless you're getting 17 hours of good, solid sleep. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's a priority because I know if I'm tired the next day, I'm going to slur my words. I'm going to forget things. I'm going to feel exhausted. I'm not going to be present in my interviews. I'm going to be angrier or frustrated or not patient. And it all starts with sleep and recovery. Yeah. So if you wanna be great, then you've gotta make that one of your missions. Until yeah. you have a routine and you're like, okay, eight hours, I got it. Whether it's I gotta to go to bed at eleven and wake up at seven or
0: yeah, yeah. But
1: it's like consistency. Seven hours minimum, especially if you're training hard physically yeah. and emotionally, then you yeah. probably need eight.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because
1: your body needs to recover to be able to have that level of you know, connection to your mission. So and if you Repeat the, the pattern over and over again for a week, a month. Oh, yeah, you get less and less sleep, you're not going to be on point. So, it should be one of the main priorities.
0: So, you got two choices you can get eight hours of sleep, or you can get that workout in. What are you choosing? Both, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, okay, so you're gonna work out and then just sleep in a, a, an hour later. Why, you, okay, why? I mean, because I'm catching myself like, I can't go first like thing, morning, 10:00, thing in the morning, 10 o'clock. First thing in the morning, workout that's what I, that's that's the goal. Go to bed by
1: 10.30. Go to bed by 11. It's hard. Got things
0: to do. Got things to do. You can't get them all done. You can get them done at a
1: higher performance level. Yeah, in less time. In less time. Yeah. If you have energy and clarity.
0: Yeah. What what about about the guy, uh, your guy, E.T.? A yeah. hip-hop preacher. He gets
1: up at like 3.30 or 4.00 But something.
0: what time is he going? Is like he going? Nine,
1: you know? He's so he goes to bed. to bed super early. So he's yeah. still getting eight hours. He's he's probably getting six or seven, you know? Okay. Um, but he's going to bed early. Like Tom Bilyeu gets up at 3.30, but he goes to bed at 9 o'clock as well. So he's getting six and a half hours of sleep okay. or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, six minimum, I think. It's hard. if you're not yeah. If you're not working out. Yeah. Possible. Okay, maybe six.
0: Yeah.
1: But... If you are training your body with high intensity, four or five times a week, and your your mind is just at a high performance rate, constantly going, yeah, you know the emotional and mental fatigue is almost yeah just as strong as physical yeah. fatigue, if yeah. it's not more. Yeah. Sitting in an interview for an hour and a half, being present with someone, is fatiguing for me after that. Like once they leave, it's like
0: yeah, it's like your you mind need to needs to, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: you need to unwind a little bit. So. I just think it's a must and I noticed my health I started gaining a lot of weight when I stopped sleeping as much or mm-hmm. I was up till 3 a.m. working late because yeah. I was just in the zone this was Lewis
0: yes yeah, I Lewis. listened to podcasts I know what's Bat, going on Bat Bat yeah, Lewis. Lewis. yeah. I was up
1: till like 3 a.m. every night just working because I just wanted to make money yeah And I was like I just got to do this but it started to have negative effects so I think once I started to create these boundaries and structure for my life I was able to get in the things I needed in the whatever 15 hours a day Otherwise, and yeah. I made sure that I had an hour. It's really about an hour and a half of time of working out where you're getting ready. You're going to the gym or you're going to your whatever mm-hmm. ch- showering kind of the whole process of an hour and a half. Like, yeah, just schedule it first thing in the morning. Yeah. So what you're complete and you can
0: wait and work until 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. If yeah. you want to do that. I'll dread it all day, too. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I'm like, oh, man, I still got to go do yeah. that. And I'm like, and then you put it off. in the morning. Yeah. And the then, then you skip a day, two yeah. days,
1: three days. And then you're like, well, I had other things to do. Yeah. The health and the sleep, in my mind, is the most important thing. Yeah. I did a speech a few weeks ago at an entrepreneurial business conference and I okay. talked about the keys to building an online business. Yeah. The first key I gave was health. First, number one. First thing is health. Yeah. And everyone's like, really? That's, yeah. that's the, the business? That's how you're going to build your online business? Yeah. Mastering your health. Because we need the energy to compete or to play in business at a high level. Yeah. If we want our business to grow, we have to grow. Mm. If we're not, if we're getting, you know, out of shape, we're exhausted, we're getting fatter, how do we expect our business to thrive when we're suffering? Yeah. And what's it saying about us? That we aren't as important, our health isn't as important as our business is. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Steve Jobs. He, I don't know, what was he in his late fifties? He wasn't even yeah. 60, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's 56, right. 57 he had all the money in the world, one of the richest guys in the world, right? Or yeah. his company was at least. And he said in one of his final days, like I'm a shell of myself. And I did, I look back at all these things of who I was and what I did. I'm paraphrasing this, yeah, but how he was like, I put so much energy on things that didn't matter as much as my health. Hmm. And I guarantee he would have given up all of his money to have yeah. A week, a year, a whatever, of time to live yeah. in a healthy body. Yeah. But all the money couldn't save him. He yeah. tried with all the best doctors. Everything he tried, it didn't work. Hmm. So Years of making the wrong choice. I mean, listen, what he created in his business is going to outlive him, obviously, and it's unbelievable what he's built. But I think <clears throat> he's not here. Yeah. Uh, what was the price he had to pay yeah. to have that? He's dead. Yeah. It's sad to say that because I think he's a brilliant guy. But what is he, you know, he sacrificed so much. He could have had how many years left? Who knows? If he stayed healthy, 30 years maybe, 40, 50, who knows? Yeah. What could he have done in the world?
0: Hmm.
1: So in a a lot of sense, us not taking care of our health is doing a disservice to humanity. Yeah. If we're not going to be able to have good, clear energy and be calm with the days we're around as opposed to being reactive in a negative way, or causing problems as opposed to solving them. Hmm. And I mean, Shoot. it's a constant, pro- I mean, it's a constant, you know. Let's go work out. Can yeah, we right.
0: like, go, go eat some kale? Hey, listen, it's I'm a like, constant, got yeah. super powerful. No, that's amazing, yeah. I
1: think Richard Branson says it, I, again, I'm paraphrasing, but he, someone asked him like the key to success in his business, he said fitness, you know, making sure I'm physically fit. Yeah. And again, I'm not sure exactly how he said it, but
0: yeah, fitness,
1: like being fit and having that and i think that's so true the more and more i learn about nutrition and emotional fitness mental fitness physical fitness it's just not that hard to either go to the gym go to a workout class figure out what works for you yeah Yeah. whatever it is if you can't do it on your own find a buddy to do it with where you commit to it figure out something a structure and do it first thing in the morning if you don't like to do in the morning do a break at lunch if you don't like that do it at night like yeah it's not saying it's easy.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's
1: always something else you could be doing, but if you're not putting yourself and your health first, I think you're doing a disservice to the world and the, whoever created you. Whatever you want to believe, you're yeah. doing a disservice.
0: Yeah. Well, I need to go uh, get some sleep and work out. I'll see you later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what, what is your what is your biggest challenge, you feel like, right now, when you got, ch- almost it seems like being the balance of like having... Um, the discipline yeah. to do these things, and then relationships and, and different things. With I think the first thing that comes
1: off the top of my mind is is sometimes beating myself up like, oh, am I being the best guy that I can be or the best human I can be if I'm not there for certain people in certain moments? Mm. Because my my mission, I would say that I'm in kind of a, I would say I'm very unselfish, but also very selfish at the same time.
0: Yeah. Selfishly unselfish. Exactly. Is that a thing? Like, I
1: don't know. I, I, want to, I want to serve humanity in the biggest way and give to as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, what a jerk. Right? <laughs> so but, selfish. But in,
1: in close, personal, intimate relationships, I don't create as much time to be there for those individuals. Yeah. Because certain things I don't want to do. There's certain places or things or experiences I don't want to do that they may want to do. Um and I could really i'm just like I need time for me, yeah, and unless it's something I want to do, yeah, i don't want to do it at all
0: i, I mean so I mean.
1: so it's hard because I want to show them that i'm supportive i'm there yeah. for them i'm you know, I make sacrifices, I want to yeah. be in a good yeah. uh, a good boyfriend, I want to be a good family member a good friend, but I'm also like. I I want to go to
0: San Fran for three days. Yeah, or just whatever. I just don't (laughs) want to go
1: to this thing tonight or a dinner with your friends. Like, I just don't care right now because I I need to recover. I need to, you know, sleep. I need to recover my mind or I need to focus on my vision, Mm. which is trying to serve more people. So I battle sometimes with like, oh, you know, maybe I'm just not being the best friend or boyfriend or, you know, son or family member because I'm not taking this time to really be there for the closest people in my life. Yeah. But I look at it as like I just really would I don't want to regret not also being being fully used up for humanity. So it's kinda of my own inner yep. battle of like yeah. how do I balance it, and make sure I'm giving to those people close to me so that I kinda of give and make sure that they know they feel loved and that I'm here for them. Yeah. But also doing what's right for me and my emotions in that moment and not overcommitting or over sacrificing certain things. Yeah. So it's kind of that dance. Yeah. And, um,
0: it's tricky and I don't think anyone ever gets it all figured yeah. out, you know, and, and it's funny cause that's something that, um, that when you're someone who's an achiever and a yeah. doer, like it's hard not to beat yourself up. You know, I, I yeah. struggle with the same thing of like, Oh, well, that's why I'm not getting enough sleep. Cause I'm like, well, I just need pressure probably mm. email this person and call them and it's their birthday. And it's like, you it's can't, a lot but, of work. like you're saying, if you don't take care of yourself and recuperate then you can't go do those things and help yeah. those other people. So that's, that's yeah, pretty I remember, interesting.
1: Yeah, I remember interviewing a guy, Jesse Itzler. Okay. Um, great name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, is, uh, he wrote a great book called Living with a Seal, okay. where he had a Navy SEAL live with him for, I think, 30 days. And he said, I wanted you to like, give me more discipline and like, give me more mental toughness. And he had him, he said, uh, I have one condition, that anytime I tell you to do something, you have to do it. And he said, okay.
0: That was the SEALs rule The SEALs Jesse. rule. Okay. He was got to
1: live with the guy for 30 days. Those guys days. are crazy. And he's like, all right, if this is what you really want, then you play by my rules. They had their own rules of like, okay, I have a certain amount of time with my family, and certain, you know, when I'm with family, you can't have me do this or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. like, okay, under, the rest of the time, if I tell you to do something, we got to do it. No matter what it is. So he, they would go on like, marathon runs in the middle of the night they would like do yeah. push-ups all you know what crazy Ice stuff f- yeah. yeah crazy yeah. stuff <laughs> right and i'd asked him i go what's a non uh, he's also married to uh, a billionaire uh, named sarah uh, sarah Blakely, who founded spanks the company okay, of Spanx. okay yeah, yeah, yeah and big spank guy <clears throat> yeah right <laughs> and i'd asked him you know what's a non negotiable for you he's got four kids he's got a wife he's got multiple businesses he's got a lot going on i go what's a non negotiable and I believe this is what he said, the amount of time. He goes, I take three hours for myself every morning just to do anything I want to do. Hmm. It was like a window of time. I think he said three hours. Yeah, or two that's or three a hours. chunk of time. That's a lot of time with <laughs> right? four kids, businesses, yeah. a wife, like all these responsibilities. He goes, I take three hours for myself where you know, my wife doesn't tell me anything, my kids, if I want to spend time with them, I do, but it's like, I can do anything. I can sit around, I can watch TV, I can yeah. hang out with friends. Yeah. And he's like, I need that, because if I don't fill myself up, then I'm not gonna be able to help anyone else. Yeah. So that's my time to work out, to do whatever. And um, I think people forget how to take care of themselves. We want to, we feel like we need to be giving to other people. We have these responsibilities, these family members, these kids, these bills. Hmm. And we forget to sleep. We forget to have fun. We forget to play. We forget to have a life. Yeah. And so what are we living for if we're just trying to do all these other things all the time, except for forgetting who we are and what we want to do? Yeah. So I think it's, listen, you know, some people would say, well, that's easy because he's married to a billionaire. They have money. They have people support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. We're, centers, we're, all right? that. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have different choices and, and different responsibilities, but it's figuring out a structure that works for you, where you can give yourself some time. Yeah. Because if you can't give yourself three hours out of 24 hours every single day, yeah, then you don't have a life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what are you living for?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I deserve it. I deserve three hours, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, at least an hour. If you, right? have,
0: if you don't have that perspective, then it's
1: like you're just a slave to
0: everyone else. Yeah.
1: If you can't give yourself 10% of a day. I don't even know what three hours is, how, what that percentage is, but. Yeah. Called 10% of the day. If you can't do what you want to do for 10% of the day. Yeah. What's the point?
0: That's crazy. Three hours. Good for him. Good for yeah. his wife, too. So, that's that what the first thing you told your girlfriend? Like, so here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Need, uh, seven to yeah, uh, 10, yeah. I need you just to chill out.
1: I'm not sure how he structures it or what, you know, yeah, 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 how yeah. it is, but that's something he said. Give yourself some hours every single day just for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you got to go on a cool trip that I'm very curious about was it you went to India yeah. and did what exactly?
1: Went for two it weeks. It sounded
0: amazing. <clears throat> it
1: was amazing. It was about a year ago. I went to India to a meditation kind of facility center. It kind of felt like I was in Malibu, like on the beach. It was like right on the uh, the Indian, was it the Indian Ocean? The Bay of Bengal, one of those. Really, uh,
0: that's the kind of vibe it was? Like Malibu it was It was, was, like it was kind beach? of like,
1: I mean, you were right on the ocean yeah, where I beautiful. was. Yeah, it was amazing and there was like you know it was like a compound so there was like 10 foot walls around so you stayed in the compound Mm -hmm. and it was like a nice like retreat looking center type of facility with like dorm rooms and you know little cabins and uh like a a main center where they did the classes for the students yeah and they had like a cafeteria and then there was just like a grassy area and the ocean it was just the property just happened to be on the ocean yeah And um, it was a great experience. You know, you get up at six or seven or whatever, and you're learning meditation techniques, but also philosophy, the science behind breathing, the science behind our body, how our mind and our body is connected, Mm -hmm. how the breath is connected to the body. Um, And we just learned all these different tools and techniques for ending suffering for ourselves, getting rid of any emotional suffering that we may face, or anxiety, or stress, and we can never truly rid ourselves of suffering, but we can be aware of it and step out of it in the moment. Yeah. But it's never—it's always going to come back yeah. at some point. Um, so we can never just be like, "Okay, I figured out how to end suffering. I'm never going to feel suffering." Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I did it's the like, course. You
1: know, it can happen every day to us that so we feel like sometimes a little suffering here and there. Um, and so we just learn tools and techniques for how to get rid of it and how to move it back into a, uh, what they call a beautiful state of being. So there's, a, there's really two states that we live in. A suffering state or a beautiful state. Don't like that one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a state of fear, frustration, anxiety, overwhelm, anger, resentment, lack of forgiveness, uncertainty, all those things. It's more of a suffering state. And then the other state is a beautiful state. And what I mean state, a state of being, a way that we show up, a way we're experiencing ourselves. And so the goal is to be in a beautiful state as frequently as possible because in a suffering state, we are unable to be in flow. We're unable to perform our gifts throughout the world. We're unable to have loving, intimate relationships. We're unable to feel free. In a beautiful state of being, we're able to peaceful in chaos we're able to love deeply without the fear of loss we're able to again perform as athletes musicians writers poets speakers at a higher level because we're not living in this fear of anxiety and worry we're really focused on a beautiful way of being yeah so it was just a you know it was a a, I actually, Life
0: transformational. I would like, you felt like it. Yeah, like, it was, was massive. But yeah. again,
1: if you don't practice it, you lose it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you know, use it or you lose but it. That's it, man. I mean, <laughs> I I got sick actually for like three days because I was in Delhi, another city, mm-hmm. and I had some food that wasn't I shouldn't have eaten probably. Okay. And um, so I got sick in the facility, <clears throat> and I was kind of going through like this meditation training for two days. And then I got sick. Then it was like this more spiritual throwing up, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, going Burging to the bathroom.
0: My body <laughs> <of> <laughs> <laughs> Surrendering. I, like,
1: it was definitely like one, of, I, I haven't felt this sick in a long time. It was like so achy, I couldn't really walk. Um,
0: oh, I'm sorry for bringing this it up. Sucked. I feel no, like but, you're having to relive
1: it. But what I loved about it is, you know, one of the, there was a lot of meditation kind of uh, facilitators, and they all live as monks. So it's not a religious, this place I went to, there's zero religion involved. Mm hmm zero talk of God or religion, hmm. it's based on science, mindset, philosophy, Yeah. so it's kind of like any religion you could go and be fine, yeah, but yeah. they're not like throwing something down your throat like yeah. this is what God tells you to do or whatever, it's more like no here's the science of your body and here's how the, the mind works and mm. here's how the breath works. Mm. So here's what happens as a result when you put these three things together and you do it in a process, here's the results for your life.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's and, really
1: cool. And so, one of the uh, meditation instructors was there by my side a lot of the time because they wanted me to feel comfortable. And I'm sick in another country, there's like, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Was there not a lot of Americans? Were,
1: uh, yeah, there was other Americans there. A few, there okay. But it's like, you know, no one wants to be sick in, another, in a foreign country. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't want to go to the hospital, but I was like, you know. Maybe I should. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just really cool to have someone by my side teaching me meditation as I was in my, like, lowest physically, you know, sick moments. Yeah. And to see the power of meditation and these techniques, what it did for me, I feel like it helped me feel at ease in the stress and the fear of being sick. I mean, it was throwing up every hour, it was bad. So to have Cam, yeah, it was bad. So to have him really kind of like, just be, see what was possible by him just being so calm. Yeah. As I was like, sweating and throwing up and just in fear to see, wow, like how I can can transform even if my body is overwhelmed and stressed and sick, like what I can do with my mind and my breath, how it can help ease that pain. Just that alone was powerful. Mm. And just going through the process, I stayed for an extra week to become a meditation teacher as well. So I went through a certification to become a meditation teacher which I haven't actually used it, I haven't like taught other people, but I just wanted to understand it on a deeper level. Yeah, and, um, another
0: tool on the tool belt? Yeah, that's it. So, so, so it's been
1: very powerful, yeah.
0: What, what is your, um, uh, like do you have a routine that you do like a daily thing or yeah. is it when you feel like you're for in like, s- the wrong state? The yeah, We're, curious, yeah. Yeah, if
1: you don't use it, you lose it. So for okay. like the first six months afterwards, I was <laughs> yeah. doing it every day yeah, religiously, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I would skip a day here and there, yeah. and now it's like I do it once or twice a week. Okay. So I kind of so go still through phases. than nothing, yeah, I still, yeah, I go through phases. Yeah. But I feel like if I'm not in alignment to my vision or who I, who I want to be or how I want to feel, I'd do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let me get back into meditation and practice this. Hmm. Um, I think the best way to, to, to master it is to do it when you don't need it.
0: When uh, you're, yeah, when you're so not need, stressed,
1: right? Yeah. It's yeah. like keep working out when you do have a six-pack or you are in shape. Yeah, keep yeah. working out. Maintain, yeah. Don't wait until you're out of shape and exhausted. Maintain it so I try to do that uh, the best I can but you know It's just figuring out with the time of the day. What's the most important? Yeah, so I, I do work out every single day and have a trainer That helps me there and okay. I think I think the physical working out is a great release from my It's a meditative form as well Yeah, so it's like I need to do one or the other yeah. If I don't work out, then I have to do meditation. I do it for about 12 to 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's not a crazy... No, it's not, it's not a, too much. Some of you just are able to isolate yourself yeah. and yeah. Oh, that's amazing, do the right breathing. Yeah. Um, dude, yoga changed my life. you doing yoga right now? I haven't done it in a while,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. that one on uh, La Brea over there, um, Modo, it's called Moto now. Uh-huh. I started going over there because I had this neck pain. Going back to your health thing, it's like, when you have something that's like bothering you, you would give any amount of money you have, like it, it. it changes your whole life. Like when it's affecting like your ability to live day to day, you're like, I'll put, like, what is it gonna take? Like, I don't care. Like you're miserable, you know? So I started doing this yoga thing and I had amazing benefits physically. But the biggest benefit I had was going and sweating for an hour and trying, trying to think only about my breathing, um, which is the hardest thing ever because I'm like, oh, I got to go outside and write these three ideas Uh down or, oh, I need to like, I need to text that person. And then how am I going to remember that at the end? So, but when I could, even when I was not doing it very successfully, just being in there an hour away from my phone, focusing on breathing, night and day. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. The stress and everything, just like a weight lifted off my shoulders, so that's why I was so curious about like your experience because yeah. you were like, it's a pretty <clears throat> hardcore way to do hardcore, it. Man. I was go to India and have I want to go back
1: like... again for another week to just kind of continue to deepen the practice because I feel like yeah. every time I do any type of training like that, it just helps me. Yeah, you know, it helps yeah. me.
0: More well-rounded, sharpening yeah. the tool. Yeah. So uh, I want to kind of switch direction here a little bit, um, dude. You're a fierce competitor. I saw you on the basketball court, yes. and you're a bruiser like you're not trying to go around people you're going right through yeah. them i was like maybe i should not have invited this guy yeah. people are going to want to like fight him yeah. you were getting into it um but i feel like you have a mentality that um you've carried over from sports uh-huh. um, for being a you know playing at a high level competing um which is the most fun thing in the world to me going and be able to play and go up against someone like that it's just it's just fun yeah and i think it's healthy for people um but and then you've carried that over into your business yeah. endeavors do you think that that is something that people are innately born with or that can be developed? Um, because I see this and I'll tell you why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I see this with kids. I'm, I'm with kids a lot. I have nephews. Um, and like they're into sports and we see like they're ga- in the game. They have some talent, right? But we don't push them. Like if you want to do it, we'll give you all the resources and support you want. If you want to go, we do a lot of tetherball too. We do a lot of yeah. other things. We do a yeah. lot of fishing. Um, but it's like, are they going to be tough? Because there's just something about, like you said earlier, the mindset. Your mindset, that's why it's so cool that you have a guy that's like coaching people in mind because all things being equal, all of them are on the same workout program. So yeah. they are going to be, there'll be a guy that stands out a little bit above the rest, but this is the most important thing as, yeah. as we know from playing. Yeah. Um, so it's like looking at my nephews, it's like, I, we'll see if he's going to be tough and he's going to be able to take a bump and sure. hit him back. And, but you don't want to like, I, I don't know. You know. Like I said, I'm not a parent either. I need to listen to your podcast yeah. with the... <sighs> The parent expert.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I don't think you're born with it. I think it's based on experiences we have. I'm going to speak for myself. Mm -hmm. My experiences were, it stemmed from a lot of pain that I wanted to overcome. Yeah. I think I developed mental toughness in sports based on a pain that I was looking to not feel anymore. I was bullied a lot. I was, you know, picked last in sports teams. I was made fun of you know, earlier in my childhood, so I was just like, I didn't want to feel that pain anymore, so it drove me to be mentally tough and physically tough and trained. And I think a lot of people get into certain areas of their life because they're getting out of a pain, they want to, and they want to master something to not have that pain anymore. Um, and those, are, those happen through catalysts and triggers and experiences in life, whether it be through earlier childhood or things that were said to us or done or not done when we're trying to prove something early on, I think a lot of it comes from that, at least from my experience. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, the greater the pain we've faced or with the, the story we tell ourselves about that trigger, the more mentally tough we become. Yeah. So a lot of it is the stories we say to ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy?
1: Like, back oh, this happened to me, and we can make it the biggest thing in the world that, you know, puts us on a trajectory in our life where it could just be like, oh, okay, this happened. So what? Yeah. It's all based on the story we tell. Yeah. And the meaning behind the story for us personally. You know, what happened to me being picked last on a sports team when I was a kid was so much more, I told myself it was so much more meaningful. Yeah. Then maybe if you were picked last on a sports team when you were, whatever, 10 years old, you might have been like, Oh, they were just playing like a prank on me. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go out and be myself. Yeah. But it's like we, we, look, we tell ourselves different meanings of these stories that happen to us and it can shape our lives yeah just based on experiences catalysts triggers things like that
0: yeah the power of the mind is is so incredible that seems to be a common theme that's been coming up with a lot of these conversations Um, uh, a guy i want to connect you with friend darren um, he's got a couple he hosts a couple shows on on tv and has a a very successful law firm um, out here and he was the same thing when, so he's 50, and he just ran from Santa Monica to Times Square. Wow. 50 years old. That's cool. He's in crazy shape, obviously. And uh, he was overweight, little kid, and he went last on this race when he was, I think like sixth grade, seventh grade, and everyone saw it, it was embarrassing, and he told himself this story of, I'm not uh, good enough, yeah. people aren't going to accept me, I'm overweight, and he had, from 13 to 23, a pretty crazy experience with, with, drugs basically was loaded every day and then was able to turn it around but it was all because of the story he was telling himself sure. um there's another guy i had a one conversation little with. one little experience he, could yeah, shape us you know yeah and the, and the other people aren't even thinking anything of it no. but we're so worried about what other people think about us all the time this guy um his name shay Helen Brand, he's a major league um, all-star and he hit that was his big takeaway from the conversation with him is he told himself this story that his dad and mom didn't love him, that he wasn't good enough. And it was all off this experience. They came in one day when he was 14 and said, hey, you gotta, um, we're going to move from uh, California to Arizona. And he was dialed in with his friends, You know, had club baseball teams, and he thought they were doing it because they didn't love him. Well, come full circle, they were doing it so that he could have better opportunity with baseball right. in Arizona. Yeah. But he t- told himself this whole other story, made it to the top. Is yep. making $20 million, all-star, and he's not even... Having any relationship with his parents doesn't even communicate with them and they're the ones who gave up to make this move and he said i realized now it was because of the story i told myself so now i'm on this mission to tell other people you know how powerful that can be and to to love yourself that's it man that's it so your story i feel like is an underdog story and we're all about underdogs here and it's cool because some of the things that you were just saying i really felt like is a common theme that i i believe in and that's like you know when they tell you i don't know if you ever spoke with other people who have given you advice for like you're speaking yeah but it's like you can speak on a lot of different things right but what is that one thing that you sure. believe more passionately about anything and if you were going to do this speech forever what would it be and mine is obviously the attitude is everything so when you're talking about these experiences of people especially when we're younger and more impressionable of like well how are you going to re- respond to getting picked glass is it going to devastate you and put you yeah. in a downward spiral? Or is it going to be like, huh? See, I had the mentality, but it, it's because I grew up in a different place. And my, and there's so many different factors from, um, my family life, um, being different than yours, where I just kind of had the, uh, mindset of like, if anyone can't me, well, I'll show you, I'll screw you. Like I'm going to show yeah. you, around, but it's probably cause I'm little and little guys all, we all kind of have a chip on our sure, shoulder. Sure, sure, sure. And so I, always had this thing where I felt like I had to prove myself and I did some pretty cool things. But looking back, I wish I would have done, I wish I, I liked that I did them, but I wish I would have done it with a different uh, mentality yeah. and mindset. And that's been a transition into adulthood, if you will, if we can consider me an adult at this point of like doing things for the right reason and yeah. not doing them for the wrong reason. Because yeah, it's great to like prove someone wrong or like be able to, like, well, check me out now, but I don't think that's a healthy way to live or the right way to live.
1: Um, yeah. No, so I that... think, I, I, you know, I, I grew up wanting to prove everyone wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's a great motivation. Yeah.
1: It helped me achieve oh. so many things, but it left me feeling very unfulfilled every time I achieved. Yes. Until literally, you know, years ago, I was realized like, wow, I've been doing all these things to prove people wrong. Yeah. And I finally was aware of that. Yeah. And I said, okay, what would life look like if I started doing it to inspire others or to lift others up? yeah it just left me with so much more fulfillment and joy and love in the process of training and working hard. It wasn't as like grind anymore, it was like a funner process, yeah, a lighter process, yeah and it felt so much more rewarding in my journey, um, lifting others up as opposed to trying to prove two kids wrong from twenty years ago or whatever you know, yeah yeah um, who probably weren't even you know aware of what they were doing, so yeah. It's, uh, it's been a lot more fun, that's for sure.
0: You started off as a little guy in Ohio.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And like you said, you were picked last. I mean, I was picked kind of last.
1: A... I was bullied a lot. You know, I was, I was always in the special needs classes, so I had a very uh, poor reading level. You know, when I went to eighth grade, uh, they tested me at a second grade reading level. So it was just always hard for me to understand concepts from textbooks. Nothing was interesting to me, so it was hard to like read. Comprehend, remember what I was reading. Yeah. Math. It was just all confusing, to be honest. Like every class. Yeah. Except for, you know, gym or whatever. Yeah. Um, and were you always big? I was always tall and okay. skinny. So I was like lanky and skinny, though. Oh. So I was kind of goofy, right? Yeah, yeah. You figured out how this body works. Exactly. Gumby. Okay. Uh, and I just didn't really have any friends because I, I was kind of goofy and tall looking. I was in these special needs classes and just didn't really connect with many people for some reason i think every kid feels this on some level Mm -hmm. where they felt like they were an outsider or they didn't have friends or they didn't connect or they weren't smart enough i think we all experienced that um so i don't think my story is that unique it was just like it was a really painful experience for me at the same time my my parents were fighting and constantly arguing which really isn't unique to me because i feel like every parent every kid's my parents did that as well, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but my brother also went to prison when I was um, eight years old until I was 12. Mm. So for four years when I couldn't read and write, you know, was in the special needs classes, my parents were arguing and fighting a lot, so I didn't really have the connection with them I wanted. My brother was also in prison, who was my hero. He was 11 yeah. years older than me. Yeah. And so the neighborhood uh, parents wouldn't allow their kids to hang out with me because my brother was in prison. So I thought Uh, I was a bad, bad,
0: bad apple. We can't associate.
1: So it was just kind of like, you know, again, listen, I'm a white man in America. So it's like just alone. I had a lot of other privileges that a lot of people didn't have. And I had a home and I had food and like, I get it. I had certain things, but my inner story and conversation and battle was a massive struggle for me. Yeah. And I didn't have the tools and the awareness of how to like get out of this emotional battle. Um, So it was just a a very lonely, scary childhood for me where I didn't feel like anyone was on my side. Hmm. I didn't feel like I had siblings who cared about me, my parents. Yeah, they loved me and they were there for me, but I just didn't receive it. I didn't understand it. I yeah. didn't grasp it because I was so afraid of everything else, of their arguing, of my brother away in prison, not having friends. I was in my own head all the time.
0: Hmm.
1: So even though my dad tucked me in and like played catch with me and told me he loved me, it was just still fearful. Okay. Um, and I just felt alone, always. Yeah. And your always, brother was your hero, you said. Yeah, he's it's one funny. of my heroes, that's, you know what I mean? Same with me. That's yeah. the reason
0: I played basketball. My brother was exactly. like the, the little star of basketball. i go to the games and everyone would cheer yeah. when he hit three. like, oh, so to that. have him taken away during that age would have been... Yeah, it was tough. It would have been crazy, It yeah. was tough.
1: And so, it's just like, I just always felt alone. I always felt like no one cared about me and no one loved me is what I felt. It was a story I told myself. Um, so I, I decided to do something about it. You know, there were many days when I would get sent to the principal's office for getting in trouble because I would act up and I would tell the principal like, I just wish I were dead. I would say this to them over and over, like, I wish I were dead. Oh, jeez. And I didn't realize how, like, significant <laughs> yeah, this yeah, was. You can't, you
0: can't be doing that, man. <laughs> but I know, right? I didn't
1: realize it was that significant. But I guess that's just where I was at in my life. You know, in my early development, that's just where emotionally I was at. Yeah. Where I just really felt like no one cared about me. And no one understood me. And I was just like, why am I here? And I just wish I were dead. Yeah. And I can't believe I used Which to is say this. a hit this
0: song right now. Have you heard that song? I'm like how is this like a song it's, crazy. it's so catchy though you yeah, don't yeah. endorse it though but yeah you could have been a, a yeah. hit songwriter today right, exactly
1: um, and I just decided to train I just said okay I've got all this free t- I was alone every day after school and I just said I'm going to train myself to be valuable in the world like I'm going to train and it originally started from sports and just playing. I was like, I just want to be accepted in the playground. That's what I wanted, to be accepted on the playground and on sports teams, to not be picked last every time like it was happening. So what do I need to do? I need to train, I need to get bigger, faster, stronger. I need to be more skilled in every sport that I was playing. At the time, I was playing a lot of basketball. So I was just at the gym shooting hoops for hours after class Yeah. by myself, you know, yeah, until, yeah, yeah. Um, until I started to get good, and I'd play in pickup games, and I was like, "Oh well, I actually scored a few points and got some rebounds." And people had had they saw value in me. They, solved, yeah. me. Yeah, they started yeah. picking me. Yeah. And then I started becoming like the most valuable player on the team. And then I started like dominating. And then I was just like, had this belief and confidence, like, "Wow, people yeah. want me on their team. I'm getting results. I'm growing into this awkward body. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm getting older." um you know i'm a starter now uh, as a freshman in the junior varsity and then as a sophomore i was a starter in the varsity and it's just like wow i can do this Mm -hmm. and look at the results i'm getting people like me now yeah because i've got some talent and so for me it was just like let me get better let me get better every day so i don't so i don't go back to a lonely place Mm -hmm. of being alone yeah and um so that was my life for you know 15 years was just training to be a better and to achieve and, you know, try to be a college athlete than a pro athlete and to really be accepted in the world. Yeah, I think that's what we all want is acceptance. You know, whether it was you as like this smaller underdog wanting to be accepted on a team and in the world of what you're doing now, it's yeah. the same thing with what I wanted. And uh, again, it worked for me until it didn't when I realized like my inner battle was still there. Like I was still unfulfilled and fearful and frustrated and mad and resentful about stuff. And I was like, why? so it wasn't until years ago when i started to realize like wow i've been doing all this in spite of someone or people or to prove something or whatever it just wasn't serving me anymore emotionally mentally yeah so i started to do the work on myself to really just love myself for who i am you know not for my identity or my talents but who i am and and that's kind of where i'm at
0: now yeah yeah it's it's funny like how sometimes those um you got those experiences. So because not everyone knows your story, mm-hmm. you went after college, had an amazing college career, set yeah. records, like did yeah. all these things. And then you were playing arena football, right? Yeah. Yes.
1: And I, got, I got injured in my yeah. season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden you're at this low point. Yeah. The thing that has been your whole identity, like we were talking about our self story, being an athlete, playing football, yeah. all of a sudden it's taken away from you Yeah. and you're at... Kind of rock bottom.
1: Yeah, I was living on my sister's couch for two years. Well, a year and a half uh, while I was recovering from this surgery I had on my wrist. Broke my wrist and had surgery right here. And it was kind of like figuring out who am I in this moment. Like, I've always been an athlete, but now I'm not one anymore. Yeah. So what's what do I do the rest of my life? And I know you felt this probably when you were done playing basketball. Yeah, 100%. At level. It's like, yeah. what do we do for the rest of our lives or for the next few years? Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 And How do I get off this couch? Well, and again, like, how do I find my identity? Because... If I'm known for being this thing that I'm no longer anymore, then who am I? Yeah. And so that's a scary place. That's why a lot of athletes struggle when they retire, especially at the highest level.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they go through a lot of depression, some suicide when they were at the top of the game in their sport. It's like once that's stripped of our identity, who are we? If we have nothing else to fall back on, who are we? So it's like a whole new process of like rebirth in a sense rediscovery of who we are and who we want to be for the rest of our lives or for the next stage of our lives. So for me, it was that struggle of trying to figure out, like, I had, I didn't have a college degree, I didn't have really any other talents. You know, I didn't think I was that smart at the time. And so I had to figure out, like, who am I and what am I going to do? I started mastering these different skills, public speaking. I went to public speaking class every week for a year because I had a fear and pain of speaking in front of an audience. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't want to have that pain. Yeah. So that drove me. I didn't want to feel the pain, so it drove me to master it and overcome it, or at least embrace it. You know, I, I started doing salsa dancing classes three, four times a week. I was like, I just want to learn how to not be afraid to dance.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I want to be able to dance and not be like scared in the corner, like saying no to people. I just started picking up these skills. I started reading more. I started writing. I started doing things I wasn't comfortable with, and I started to grow in that process. I started learning online marketing, business. I just tried to figure out any new skill I could I wanted to learn. And I was like, this is all the stuff I wish I would've learned when I was like five to 20, right? That they didn't teach me in school. Yeah, 100%. But once I found an interest in the topic, then I could become obsessed with learning it. But I didn't care about the topics in school growing up. So I was just like, it was hard for me to comprehend. So that just took me on a journey for a few years of figuring out the whole online marketing world and business and and uh started launching some programs on social media and doing well in that business and eventually sold that company and then i was at a new crossroads where i was like well what do i want to do now this identity is over what am i doing now and that's when the school of greatness started about Mm. four and a half five years ago yeah it's like i really want to make an impact and i want to lift people up And I think the stage before that, it was just like I need to make as much money as possible because I was broke. Yeah. So that was kind of that phase of like, let's just make money.
0: Yeah. And you did well. You sold like a a company, right? Yeah, I sold a company for a million dollars. And it was like how old were you at that point? Twenty-seven
1: or something. Yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty-eight maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and And then that but that led you But it was like it wasn't fulfilling. And so I was like, what's the thing that is fulfilling and can make me money? yeah that has a bigger impact and that's when i was like i love talking to people and having these conversations and i think the world needs to hear more of these positive conversations so i was like well let me start a podcast because that was kind of coming around and
0: yeah it's
1: a new thing now we are four and a half years later it's stemmed from just a once a week podcast to a book to courses programs events you know speaking on the whole thing so yeah
0: no, man, it's a really been incredible to watch you build this in real time. Thanks, man. Because it was still, you were still doing it, but now it's just a higher level. Yeah. And the cool thing taken away from your story just now is like, if you hadn't had this injury, which at the time was like earth shattering and devastating, you what probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing There's now. No way. In in which. The and I've talked this conversation with a lot of people, it's like, yeah. you're a great athlete or you're a successful in business, but what you're doing with this is arguably, to me, much more valuable and much more um, amazing of an existence and an yeah. impact and in front of, on the world. Yeah. And it's taking that, that thing that is your, your hard moment and how do I bounce back? Like, what, what yeah, can it, I turn this around?
1: Exactly. And it's telling myself a, sto- a different story about it. Not yeah. that it was the worst thing in the world for me, but well, the thing that was the worst thing is the best thing. So it's telling myself that story yeah same thing with if you're going through a breakup or a challenging time in, in life it's like okay this can be this horrible thing or let me reframe it tell myself a different story and say this is actually just feedback for me to change my life in a different way that something better can occur come from this
0: yeah I love it yeah. it's so you got a second book now. The first one was <laughs> a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah. No pressure, you have to live up to that again, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. You can, if the first one does, the second one's gotta do it or else it's like he fell off. I gotta give my best, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Who
1: knows, I'm not attached, but yeah.
0: So how did this concept come up? Cause this seems much different. And uh-huh. is it from kind of some of these life experiences that we've touched on?
1: Exactly. Uh, tell me the exact called title it. so I don't uh, butcher It's called it. The mask, mask of Masculinity. masculinity. Yep. Okay. And it's, yeah, a lot of the stuff we talked about. I realized, you know, not even just as a man, but as a human being, I was doing things that were hurting relationships. I was doing things to prove people wrong. I was doing things for me to be right and them to be wrong. Guilty, guilty, right? check, check. I was doing over here. things for me to win, which meant everyone else had to lose. Yeah. And in sports, if I didn't win, then I felt like a loser. Yeah. And I was nasty and I was mean and I was upsetting. I can't
0: see you being nasty and mean. Although I did hear a story about you playing pickup ball.
1: And yeah. Those are over here, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 We won't go there.
0: See, I like that stuff. Like, I like that competitive. Like, I kind of, sometimes when I don't have it, I feel like I kind of like try to create it. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm too old. I don't need to be fighting people. Anyways. And what I realized
1: (laughs) is that, you know, listen, this book is for all human beings, but I'm speaking from a, a man's point of view. And there's so much I've learned about masculinity, femininity, men, women, gender, um, non-conforming human beings in this process. Yeah. This is for men who feel like they aren't fully fulfilled and haven't reached a level of per, uh, performance, potential, but also quality relationships in their life. Mm-hmm. So for men that feel like there's been something that's been holding them back, and they can't really put their finger on it. Maybe they're not sure what it is. Or they feel like, man, why do I get angry or upset or frustrated or why am I resentful or vengeful in these instances that come up in my life? Mm. Or why am I stoic and don't show emotion? Or why am I so driven to make money? Or why do I need to conquer every woman in the world sexually? Or whatever it is that we do, We need to ask ourselves, is this making us, uh, leaving the biggest impact on the world and is this supporting us emotionally and the relationships in our lives? Yeah. And if it's not, if you're hurting, if you're suffering, then something is happening that's not working. So this was to address all those things that could be happening to you that are hurting you or holding you back from your true potential and your greatness. Mm. So I'm writing this book for men to understand ourselves better as men Yeah. and to see what's in the way from us to achieve bigger results in all areas of life if you want more money what's in the way if you want to have a deeper relationship what's in the way if you feel like you're um, not hitting him uh, you're not meaning as much as you want you're not as fulfilled and what's in the way it's also for women to understand the men in their lives better because I think mm, a lot yeah, of women the flip side. yeah how come I can't figure this guy out so at the end of every chapter I realized, like, wow, this is actually going to be probably more beneficial for women yeah. than for the yeah. men that maybe won't read this. You're like Steve Harvey. I <laughs> <was> <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so you yeah, have
0: both. both can appeal so to the chapters own. are written
1: for men, but if a woman's reading it, they can be like, wow, that's exactly like my brother or that's exactly like my uncle or father or husband or son. So they're going to be able to understand, like, why they've been conditioned to react or be a certain way yeah. through life. yeah. And then there's tools for men on how they can drop these certain, what I call masks. These things that are in our way mm-hmm. that hold us back from being our true self. Yeah. The mask that we project to the world. Hmm. The so ego, for, yeah, all, those, all things. those types of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for, for men, it teaches men how to let go of the mask and still feel safe and comfortable as a, who they are. Mm-hmm. And for women, it shows them processes on how to get men to take the mask off without making them wrong. Because mm. I think from my experience of interviewing a lot of men, they feel like they need to protect themselves more from female to male relationships because they feel like they're being wrong for who they are. If they're not doing something, if they are doing something, it's like sometimes women make them wrong. So therefore they put the mask on even stronger. Mm. So if you want a man to really fully be his true authentic self and open up and be loving and vulnerable, um, you need to be able to accept him and acknowledge him and allow him to take his mask off. Without making him wrong, otherwise he's probably not going to want to take it
0: off. Yeah, it's or like you said, himself. even get more hostile.
1: Might get more hostile, fight yeah. back, wow. defend himself.
0: How did you come to this, uh, like the the idea for this one? Everything it I is do, a little bit different direction yeah. than the
1: last one. Everything I do stems from a pain, okay, <laughs> or yeah. a challenge, yeah. or be a something great I'm music curious, artist. right? Yeah, something I want to be. I'm curious about, and so for me, it yeah. was like four years ago when I started kind of doing this self-discovery journey. I realized that I was still angry and resentful and unforgiving of so many people, things, and experiences in my life from years ago. Yeah. And this is when this fight happened in West Hollywood, in the mean streets of West Hollywood. <laughs> the mean streets. Yeah, I, got, I got in a fight on a basketball court yeah. with a no stakes pickup basketball game, right? you're like, just why? like, Dude, yes, what's like, the point?
0: Why, were we trying to be the open uh, gym player of the year? I'm yeah. always like, what am I doing? So I always find myself in that yeah. like, this is dumb, but yeah. the, I don't yeah. need it. Someone's getting hurt. I mean, I
1: can be super competitive, but it doesn't need to get, get yeah. into violence, you know? Yeah, or like yeah, reacting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so that's when I really started to look at myself and be like, why am I so angry in certain situations? No, I'm normally a loving, fun guy, but why am I yeah. angry, resentful, frustrated, unforgiving? Yeah. And I just started to really dive in deep and look at every moment of my life of like what I'm still holding on to and what I've been why I've been trying to prove people wrong as opposed to lift other people up. Yeah. So I started to just open up about everything in my life and talk about all the instances in my life and people that I felt hurt by or frustrated with and just let it go. I started to forgive. Forgive Mm. all the other people that I felt did or didn't do something to me. And then forgive the most important person, which is myself. Yeah. Because if I can't forgive myself, how am I going to live with peace? So I just started to let go of these things and I realized, wow, so many men, not just myself, are living with these masks and this pain and this suffering mm. and this pressure and this weight. Yeah. Now listen, I get it. There's men have privileges and all these other things, like I get it. But there's still a lot of pressures and things that men go through. Men commit more suicide than women because of the pressures, the anxiety, and the stress. And I'm like, women don't understand how much more men commit suicide men are also uh, you know one in six boys are sexually abused you know mm. it's a lot of pressure wow. and there's not outlets to communicate or go through a process of grieving for men like there are for women yeah i'm not saying it's easier yeah. for women
0: yeah, it's awful it's either way, either way it sucks thing, yeah.
1: but i feel like there's it's not as socially available for men to express themselves yeah and listen it's, it still doesn't mean we shouldn't be responsible for ourselves and for, like, figuring these things out, but it's just, it's, it's a challenge. And so I think with society, with sports, with other boys and peers constantly name-calling and the pressures of society with boys, we've grown up, in general, with um, a lack of emotional intelligence and a lack of being able to express ourselves. Yep. Now, there's a lot of men who do it extremely well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the rest of us who are like, right. I'm just going to hit this guy in the exactly. jaw and we're, we're it'll make just, me feel better. Yeah.
1: And so I wanted to create the book for the men who are like me, who yeah. struggle with that growing up. You know, this was a journey for me to understand how to heal myself. Yeah. Everything yeah, I so do you is, go
0: being selfish again.
1: Exactly. Gosh, but it's this all a journey so selfish. For, it's a journey for me, but then also want to share the lessons for others to help as well. 100%. And um, it was a powerful discovery, man. And it's... Especially now in our... And our political age, our state, our racial states, our yeah. gender state, uh, just like right crazy now. Times. Yeah, crazy, crazy times. Yeah, Crazy times. But I feel like it's, it's an it's important conversation to have. Yeah. And all I want to make sure is we have the conversation and people start to heal. Again, it's not a men versus women thing. This is a, a human thing yeah. for all humans yeah. and gender nonconforming as well. It's like, how do we be a better human being to let go of our masks so that we can connect and have deeper, meaningful relationships and not fight and be in conflict? Because yeah. Yeah. this is what happens with relationships between men and women, yeah. relationships between men and men, relationships between black and white, yeah. relationships between whatever. It's yeah. like... We're afraid to take off the mask and connect. Hmm. And it's what causes conflict within ourselves and with others. Yeah. So I'm just hoping to be a small piece of the conversation for that.
0: Dude, it sounds amazing. Like, I'm, nice. I'm excited to check it out. That's, nice. I mean, I didn't know as much, so this is really yeah. cool to hear firsthand. Now, my question to you to follow up to this is, do, did you have any fears in putting a book out like this out? Because I feel like it makes you so vulnerable. Massive fears, I would be, man. I would like, I'm, I'm like, this is me. This is how I'm still terrified. I am. I'm like, are people going to think, like, Dude. I'm a sissy boy who's sensitive and take off your mask? Like, so, I mean, it's a very vulnerable, which uh, is always the most powerful place to come from. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I've been talking about the book for a while. It comes out in a couple of months, but I've been talking about it for a while. And it's almost like... <laughs> massive. Well, here's the thing. It's like I could have, you know, men looking at me a certain way. Women, some women are super supportive and like, yes, this is everything we need because yeah. not enough men are talking about this. Yeah. Other extreme, like, feminist women are like, who are you to talk? You're this white male privilege thing. Uh, and it's kind of like... You
0: just have to ignore them. There's all these people <laughs> that have,
1: you know, people that are loving it and people that are just like, can't win with anyone, you know? So it's, it's like, try to do the best that I can and...
0: Focus on the good, man. Sit, man, yeah. I mean, look at Tony Robbins, a guy who you spent time around. Yeah. I feel like he's like a lot of politicians or public figures. Half the people love him, yeah. half the people hate him. How could you be mad at a guy that, like Tony Robbins Tries who's to serving people. people? And they're like, well, it's, it's self-serving. It's like, well, that sounds like some issues that you yeah, need yeah. to work on. And maybe you need to read The Mask of Masculinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um So as a sports guy, competitive, what's one thing that you've taken away from sports? That, that's something that I always enjoyed. And I, me and my dad used to bond and connect um, over different sports, but baseball was one a lot. The Little League years were a lot of fun. Um, we came a few games short of going to the Little League World Series, which was like the most exciting summer of my life. That's we got cool. to go and play in these big stadiums. Never played on grass before growing that's up cool. in Alaska. And um, and that's one thing that I think people miss today is like parents are pushing kids to be the next Tiger or Serena Williams yeah. and get 10,000 hours by the time they're 10. And uh, they miss like the big scope of sports are really there to teach us a bigger life lesson and to help us in life. And most kids aren't gonna go like, I had a dream to be in the NBA, 100%. But then I got real with myself as I got a little older. I was like, yeah, that's my, physically, I might not have the body for that, but I can tweak that dream and still do something with basketball. And then I've created this and and doing something that's kind of more fulfilling. You know, we know different athletes and there's a lot of temptation. They're on the road a lot. Yes, there's a lot of great things, but there's also, you know, a a stake to be paid for it. You know? one thing that you take, have taken away and applied to the rest of your life as just relationships or business, from is, sports, is there one thing that stands out to you?
1: From sports mm-hmm. to life mm-hmm. I mean, for me it's simple you can't do anything great on your own mm. you know, you can't win on your own, you can't create on your own it takes a team to get you there even if you're in a solo sport, you have a team of people helping you and same thing in life, you know, even if you're just by yourself, you feel like you're alone. There's a lot of things you're learning from other people or people who are supporting you in order to get you to be to a great place. Yeah. Um, We need people in our lives to learn, to heal, to discover, uh, and to create. And so I think if you wanna be great, you can't do it on your own. Find a great team
0: around you. Yeah, from the guy who was uh, isolated and now he's got the team around him, Exactly. So if you were gonna go back to talk to young Lewis, uh-huh. Maybe it was Lewis at this point, I don't know. Where, yes. But you had just gotten um, not picked uh-huh. for that uh, team or yeah. whatever it was at recess or at lunch. Yeah. What would be the one piece of advice now that you've had some life experiences, you've had some ups and downs that you would give the younger mm-hmm. version of you moving ahead?
1: I don't know if I would have listened to the advice for myself. <laughs> okay. So uh, I would say the advice I would give but I don't know if it would have registered because there's just not many things I was open to listening to. But let's say I did okay. listen to it.
0: Okay. Oh you're saying that you wouldn't need, being uh, the kid you if wouldn't. I don't it listen to this guy. What, I mean? what does he know? It, yeah, it didn't Oh, hundred percent. Because I was so like 100%. defensive
1: and guarded, I was yeah. just like
0: I know better than you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but let's say I did listen okay. to it.
0: We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> say I was
1: like open to it. I would have said little Lewis <laughs> um i would have said listen you're going through a really awkward challenging time right now and it may, have, may be this way for a while And there's going to be different instances in your life that are going to be very challenging the one thing you can control is how you respond to situations you can't control what happens to you or for you or however you want to look at it but you can't control your energy and as you like to talk about your attitude on uh, how you want to respond to this. So you were picked last. Okay, it sucks. Feel the pain. Why don't you want to be picked last anymore? I would ask those questions and try to get out some type of response from Little Lewis. And I'd say, listen, you have a choice point right now. You can do everything from this point to try to hurt these kids or be, you know, get back to them in revenge. And that'll take you pretty far, but it won't make you great. So if you wanna be truly accepted in the world and be loved in the world, you can't do that because you're gonna be miserable trying to prove these kids or anyone wrong who tries to attack you for the rest of your life. So if you wanna be average, do that. But if you wanna be truly great, you need to learn to embrace this situation, accept it for where it's at and come from a place of, how can I better myself? How can I focus on the good in my life? How can I find other kids in class who I wanna help as well? Hmm. And come from a place of win-win and love to bettering yourself as opposed to win-lose and hate, because that'll take you that much
0: farther. Yeah. Dude, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Last thing, mm-hmm. I promise. Uh-huh. So. I guess like we said, it was like three weeks ago. We um, we were speaking in schools. We were in Arizona. Uh, I was getting in front of a lot of kids, and uh, and we're sh- shooting a, a new pilot for the for the show. And so last night I'm watching the new edit of it, and we met a really special kid out there. His name is Josh, and he comes from a really tough um, background. Family's trying to figure it out. He loves basketball. Um, and he just doesn't have the opportunity, and he's actually got some good size, and I think might be pretty talented. Um, so his mother drives him all the way to our event to be able to be a part of the me speaking mm-hmm. and the whole experience. And they don't have AC. It's about 100 in 15 or 10. It's really hot out mm-hmm. in Arizona yeah. uh, in August, apparently. We didn't plan that well. And they don't have AC. in their car. Well, the kid goes, well, you know what, Mom, I'll put ice in this bag, and I'll hold it on your neck for the 40-minute drive to get there. So he comes, we sit down, and as I'm watching the editing of this film, I talk with the mom. She's in tears, telling us all these horrible, horrific things that have happened to the family. And then she steps out, and Josh steps in, and I get to sit down with him. And as much as he's gone through, his eyes are bright, he's excited, and he's just pumped up at the ability that maybe we'll get to do some basketball or somehow we can do something for him. And as I'm watching this, I say something to the extent we're going back and forth of, you know, I believe greatness is every day pursuing to be a little bit better than you were the day before Mm -hmm. while helping people in the process to be able to do the same thing. And um, since this is the, the bus of greatness now, I hear mm. you ask that question of yeah, yeah. what is your definition of greatness? Mm. And in my mind, as I was watching this, I'm like, where did I, where did I pull that from? <laughs> and I think it's from listening to your podcast sure, and always sure. say, well, what would I answer mm-hmm. if someone, if Lewis asked me that question? Um, and it was a really special moment with this kid. And the stuff that you're doing is not just, you know, impacting a lot of people, but it has personally impacted me. And by proxy is spreading to other people in other parts of the country. And so this ripple effect that you've created is mm. really special and it's uh, personal for me Thanks, man. because it's, uh, it's, it's impacting the work that I'm, I'm right, doing. Right. So, man, I appreciate it. And uh, I don't think I've ever heard you say what your definition yeah, sure. is. I don't know if that's something you do sure, intentionally, yeah. but if, if you so. have one, I feel like you probably do. Yeah. I would love to hear it because I'm always like, well, you always ask sure, him, sure. what's
1: his? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's discovering the unique gifts and talents within us in the pursuit of our dreams, and in that pursuit, making the maximum impact on the people around us that we can.
0: Mm.
1: Okay.
0: Well, that's pretty good for the guy who is uh, the School of Greatness, good. man. I appreciate you. This We're now officially uh, the bus, the motorhome of greatness. The bus greatness. of greatness, I like yeah, it. <laughs> we're the bus of greatness, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited to see where all, the, all this goes for you. Nice man. Appreciate Just you. a fan.